KSW 90.9 FM and CMRU Radio in Mohinsis, Calgary. like to acknowledge the Treaty 7 territory, Ghana, Siksika, Bigani, as well as the Dene people of the Tsutina and Stony Nakoda Nation, Morley, Chiniki, and Bearspaw. We are also home to our Métis brothers and sisters. We are all Treaty people. Nistu Nitanaku my name is Grace Heavy Runner, and welcome to Indigenization Across the Nation. Okay, uh, の Ika Kimakak, Turkit Stakso and Nikakista, Urta Christopoguis, Chispia Kitsipos, and only Kiki Badapios. No Kasitapiokak, Ika Kimakakotzi, Chipus, Kyokuatapio. Han Kitsikonexumatsipo, Ika Kimak. is Dwayne Mistaken Chief, fluent Blackfoot speaker. His words of encouragement and prayer. Genetic story that comes through us in terms of carrying on that mm-hmm. through our bones, our, our, our marrow. She gets more scientific about it than I do, <laughs> but and more kind of spiritual. But I really felt that it starts even now, has more layers as I think more about it. And, and she told me that it was actually something that her mom told her. So it felt like that was like an echo of an ancestor. But I feel like growing up and learning, you're you're always unpacking things in different ways. And the older you get, the more you understand 
what seems like a simple saying can resonate a lot more powerfully as you grow up. And that's what I really wanted the film to be for my sons, was not just having the experience of a fishing journey, but to be able to watch it later and to start unpacking those meanings through the title, through what that experience meant in reconnecting with with the well, with Lorange, which is where I was born and raised, mm-hmm. and starting to connect more with my childhood because it's one thing they, well, they've never obviously seen me as a child, but when they hear stories, it comes across as surreal that I could be living in this wonderful, wonderful place with large lakes, and so that was something I really wanted them to to experience on their own and and to have that ability to to continue that journey sharing their stories by having their own experiences on the land. And my mom being the matriarch and just being active hunting, fishing, trapping, foraging, like she she's able to share a more meaningful journey with And the film was in Larange, Saskatchewan. Beautiful lake. I just Quebec and so we found out that our 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 reserve is actually in in the east and so I've been slowly making my own connections with home and that's what my next film uh, our maternal home will be about but for stories in our bones I really wanted to honor the main teacher in my life which is my mom Marion and she's been living in Larange for many years but what's really great about my mom is she left Florange when I was a child because she wanted and my sister to get an education. She told us that education is the next form of survival that we need to to embrace. And the mm-hmm. yes. well, the only way she knew we were going to actually follow that path is if she took the journey first. So my mom came to Regina where she graduated from the University of Regina, and shortly after, my sister and I followed that same path. So I got my Master's of Fine Arts Interdisciplinary with Media Production and Indigenous Fine Art, and that path was really inspired by my mom because she she's a very engaging storyteller, and she's she's been an artist her whole life. So those were definitely the inspiration that that fueled my my learning journey growing up. And so over the years, I've been nurturing my role as a storyteller, telling personal stories. Mm-hmm. And my mom's been very supportive in that journey. So she was, she was a big part of this film, Stories Are in Our Bones. She helped mm-hmm. to really, I guess, give more like a mentorship and with her matriarch role, but also because of her active lifestyle, she was able to share those teachings with my sons. And so we were very grateful that she was able to do that because my son's being raised in the city. It's really important for us to find ways for for them to connect with my home where I was born. Oh, wow. You know what? Uh, I just want to say, first of all, congratulations. That is so inspiring. Thank you. And uh, yeah, um, I just kind of want to backtrack a little. You mentioned that your grandma was missing. Yeah, she 
was, well, she went missing from her community in the early 60s, and what had happened was she got hit in the head and lost her memory, and my grandfather, Heinz Windolf, had found her wandering on the a dirt road and took her to the hospital, but because her injury was connected with domestic violence, they mm-hmm. told him that if they took if he took her home that you know this would happen again, so he ended up taking care of her, and they ended up moving to Thunder Bay. but that family story of her past it wasn't something our family talked about and even was aware of until later years because she because of the trauma she experienced when she did start remembering her past it like we didn't diagnose post-traumatic stress disorder back in the Mm -hmm. 70s so when she started to remember her past and what she experienced she she didn't she didn't necessarily not that she didn't want to go back it's when she she had she struggled to find the strength to go back and she was also told that if she does go back, because she had older kids there, mm-hmm. that she could be charged with abandonment because there was no understanding. So she felt it was better to continue living as, well, her the life that she was living in La Ranch. Mm-hmm. So when my mom and my auntie were teenagers and my Uncle Stan, the three of them started to do their own research and actually they were the ones who found out that she was missing from her community. But when my grandmother, uh, she because of the trauma she went through, she, she became an alcoholic in her later years. And when they said she had four months to live, they, they convinced her to go back home to get closure and to kind of help that healing journey because they thought she was going to pass in, in mere months. But she went back and she she ended up living six more years. She went back to the traditional lifestyle and and it was good for her to go home and get healing and closure. But her Mm -hmm. journey as a missing woman and coming full circle was about 23 years of her life. And so she never did get to see her dad again, who was looking for her till the day that he passed. Mm -hmm. And she did get to reconnect with her, her mom. And her mom actually outlived outlived her because she, my great grandmother, was I, I hear two different ages, but she was over a hundred years old. Some say a hundred and ten years old when she passed. So there was some closure. She got to connect with her mother, but because of that fragmented history, that was part of what really interested my. My storytelling was trying to piece together my identity because my whole life, it was all revolved around my community of La Ranche. Mm-hmm. And I, I not, well, I was old when I started to, to find out more about where we came from and, and what that actually meant to, to be connected to the Atikamek Cree community mm-hmm. in northern mm-hmm. Quebec. Thank you for sharing that, Janine. 
And this is something, too, like my sons, you see them featured in Stories or in Her Bones. The, mm-hmm. We're working on a, another film with the National Film Board, and this is going to feature my boys' first visit to our community in Quebec, and they'll get to meet their Auntie Irene, who is now living in the community, working for the band. She was originally living in Montreal, mm-hmm. and part of that is getting closure with our generational gap because I went there early on as a child when all these connections were starting to happen. But when my kids were, well, it's hard to take them back home so far. So that's one of my, my personal goals is to to have them reconnect with with our maternal home and to do it with my auntie who can provide that matriarch connection to the land and pass down those teachings that are absent from our our family history. That is really awesome. Um, I really love that, you know, that uh, persistence and that dedication, especially for your your two boys. And uh, by the way, they are adorable. They just, (laughs) just, you know, just looking at them at the film, you know, it just reminds me of my two growing up, so... You know, they're they're so cute and oh my god. Uh, especially when your son caught the fish. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like, a highlight for both of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They were both actually very excited. Delory he's he's actually very nurturing to his younger brother. He you can kinda of pick it up in the film, but he mm-hmm. he definitely looks out for Corwin and you know, that whole trip was based on Corwin's wish to learn fishing, so we actually asked Delari, do you want to keep fishing? And, you know, maybe we can, because there was time that he possibly could have caught a fish. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, we came here for him. Like, mm-hmm. he was happy that, that he didn't need to catch the fish to have a good fishing trip. Yeah, well, you know what? I could just, like, I can feel the excitement just, you know, <laughs> just looking at it. And it just brought, you know, a smile to my face. And it was just like, oh, my God, that's so much joy right there. You know, and uh, I just wanted to distinguish. Um, so those are your boys, and that's your mom. Uh, yeah. Uh, so okay. uh, Delari's the the oldest, and Corwin's the youngest who caught the fish. And okay. my mom is Marion, so she's the one who has okay. been. She's teaching them how to to do their hook and cast, and you know, kind of taking the lead, okay. taking them around, and and you see Bruce, her partner, that. They they both live on the land together. Okay, yeah. And they've yeah. been living a very active land based lifestyle. So mm-hmm. they're very good role models for me and my boys. Yeah, and I can see, well, you know, again, like your mom, you know, your mother, she's out she really knew what she was doing. You know, I don't even know how to fish and you know, <laughs> just you know, teaching the boys how to tie, you know, a fishing knot and and whatnot. That was just really great. Really great to see. Yeah, no, definitely, and that's something that, you know, I did fishing as a child. I never caught anything, unfortunately, mm-hmm. And but, you know, living in the city, I actually became a vegetarian. Okay. <laughs> so that was part of the the goal was if the boys did catch a fish, then mm-hmm. I would eat what they caught to honor their their first catch. Oh, okay, yeah, and I seen that, yeah, when you guys all sat down, that was really nice. Yeah, so and it definitely like I'm I'm eating wild meat right now, and oh. I still stay away from processed foods 
okay. as much as I can. Yeah. But yeah. definitely, you know, supporting local farms is really important to me, especially during these COVID times. Yeah. But also getting wild meat and supporting, like, our, our hunters. Like, I always tell the boys that anytime we do have a meal, it's an honor to, for not only for the animal that offered itself, but to the person who provided. So that was really something I wanted the boys to understand was to have that spiritual connection with their food. And that's what the mm-hmm. film really wanted to speak to mm-hmm. because I felt getting things from the grocery stores detaches you from that connection to your food source and what you're eating. Uh, yes, uh, definitely. And you know what? That's a great idea. And um, you know what? Maybe I, I should just start doing that, to, you know, doing that the same. I I went grocery shopping uh, actually last week and I noticed myself I was buying a lot of flank <laughs> in the groceries just to, you know, try and have that connection somehow because, you know, I'm living in the city and it's it, it's kind of, you know, I should actually try and make some more connections now that you tell me, you know, your, you know how you feel because, you know what, I, I understand totally. And this is, you know, this is a really great teaching, um, you know, film. I just, I'm, I'm so happy, like, the joy that it brings me and knowing that it, it's going to bring, you know, joy to other people, you know, especially when they see it. Yeah, and definitely that for this film, like I've dealt with a lot of stories that unpack the family legacy of trauma. And for this film, I really wanted to focus on on that active learning and, and to bring out some of that joy because, you know, my family and I, we went through our own experiences, but we worked really hard to ensure that my kids can grow up with as much of a protective circle with, you know, healthy boundaries, family and friends and having a good support group that, you know, they're really living a different experience than we had. So I really felt that if the film is focusing on my son's experiences, that, you know, that's that's really how they're living is, you know, they still have their stresses because they're no teens don't, mm-hmm. you know, they, oh, yes. all teens get stressed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they also have a lot of joy and good energy and they're teaching me how to embrace that again. And that's what I really wanted this film to be was embracing what they're teaching me through that experience and just that lightheartedness in terms of, that energy they brought to the film, like that's something they bring to my life daily. So that's really something I wanted to share in the story. Well, you really did capture that, you know, uh, Janine. Um, I'm really happy, you know. Um, it, it really brought something out within me too that I, I really just want to do that for my family members and still even for my children. Like they're grown, but, you know, Seeing this just really inspires me to do even more. Well, that really makes me feel very positive because that was my hope for for sharing this film and, and encouraging others to share their stories and their experiences. For me, personal stories, you, you learn a lot from people's experiences through every generation, whether they live in their community or they live in the city. There's We're all still Indigenous people and... Mm-hmm. I think that's the important thing is how do we 
lived that, even if we're in the city. So that was something that, you know, I really thought about as a mother raising my kids. And, you know, they were born and raised in Regina, so so that connection home was really important for me to find ways to 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 give them those those experiences that I had as a child. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I noticed when the film came out, that was during the International Women's Day, I believe. Um, and I think that's what they had it on. Um, well, you know, uh, Kadja from National Film Board shared with me. Oh, yes. Yeah, that part of introducing it on International Women's Day was I really wanted to highlight my mom as a matriarch and the role she has in our family and also acknowledging my own role as a mother and my hopes to, that the film had for not only for my own children but for other families as well. And I felt that that was just the perfect day to to share. So when they suggested, you know, launching it there, to me that felt perfect. And because I really wanted the story to be accessible, Launching online was just the felt like the most strategic way to create impact. And ironically, with like after I launched it, all this COVID stuff, news and policies and emergency alerts, everything came out right after that. So you know, at least with all that, my film was able to be shared and embraced, and definitely, you know. With, it 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 was ironically launched at a well I don't want to say a good time because that's mm-hmm. not what I mean but mm-hmm. you know it was still be able to share it because I've seen a lot of filmmakers who created really wonderful films and mm-hmm. you know they had plans for premieres and theater releases and they had to switch to moving online so yeah. you know as a filmmaker it's a lot of people were impacted in different ways when it came to sharing their stories. Mm-hmm. But one positive thing I'd really love to highlight is mm-hmm. I've been able to have access and to have a lot of interesting online experiences, and people are sharing their stories, and we're able to access that from our own home in isolation. So, you know, there's a blessing in disguise there. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And uh, yeah, I'm just so fortunate to, you know, be talking with you today and that things, you know, definitely worked out um, that where, you know, you're going to be able to share your story and um, and again, where people can uh, catch it, you know, where we can see it. And that will be online through NFB. Is that it? Yeah, it's available online, so anybody can can access it. And yeah, I encourage people to to check it out and, and definitely continue, you know, sharing their stories. I mean, that was the main goal. Is I really want to encourage other people to to share because I really think as Indigenous people, we we have diverse experiences, and mm-hmm. really the urban Indigenous experience is is quite unique as well, and how we balance our spiritual and our our direct needs within the urban environment. So I I really feel, you know, I'm learning a lot, and I learn a lot through people's stories. So that would be my best hope is to continue hearing more experiences and learning journeys from other people. That is awesome. And thank you, Janine, again, for joining us, you know, joining me today on uh 
indigenization across the nation. I'm really happy that, you know, I'll be airing this next week. And uh, what you've said has really taught me a lot today, too. And um, I'm really looking forward to seeing more more of your films. Well, thank you for inviting me to, to share and to, to be a part of the the conversation. And, yeah, I'm just really excited to to chat and, and to talk, to have some connection in this very isolated time. So thank you for, for yeah. inviting me on your show. I would like to thank National Film Board of Canada. Thank you so much for sending Indigenous film artists our way. Thank you, Dwayne Mistaken Chief, for the beautiful Blackfoot prayer. Music from Owl Dances from the Sixaga Singers. This episode was produced by Grace Heavy Runner, Hannah Many Guns, and Spencer J. Burgess. Hope that sounds good to you guys.
Take me inside